0: Miami, Florida, it's the Positive Impact Heroes Show. Music Featuring everyday people within our community that make a difference in changing people's lives. Music and now, your host of the show, Jay.
1: W and the Daniel. And good evening. Welcome to the show tonight. Positive impact hero number fifteen. Brett Cooper from BrettCooperFootball.com. Uh, November twelfth, two thousand seventeen. Brett Cooper, president and founder of Brett Cooper Football, uh, dedicated over twenty-five years of his life. Has played uh, just about every spot and at every level. His organization founded on the behalf uh, or on the belief that every student athlete uh, who has talent, character, and academic excellence to succeed in or out of the classroom should have an opportunity to go to college. (coughs) Excuse me. He wants to help them out and get, uh, get them exposure that they need uh, to be recruited to the top schools in the country and continue their football careers. That's where we're going to, we're going to start tonight. Uh, I gotta, I gotta get him back on the phone. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to give him a call and, uh, we'll get him back on the phone and, uh, Get this, uh, get this started. Daniel, <clears throat> how you doing this week? Oh, I'm,
2: I'm living, I, I'm surviving. Everything is fine. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, this episode with uh, Brett Cooper. Another busy week. Well, yeah, I, I guess you can say that pretty much. Uh, you're running around in town with uh, a couple little young ones with you makes you young. Hey, it feels feels you feels like a brand new dollar bill. Yeah. Well, um well, at least that's what they think. They think you're a brand new dollar bill. Yeah. Well, it starts with a dollar anyways. <laughs> but
1: uh this is our uh our uh, first show in our office. We are now in our official headquarters downtown Homestead, 21 South Chrome. We are uh kitty corner from the Seminole Theater. Uh, going to be right across the street from the brand new uh bowling alley movie theater that's going to be built here Showbiz cinemas i believe is the name of the uh venue whether or not that'll be the name once it gets here yeah Yeah. you have to be determined so uh let's hang on for a second i'm going to switch us into a commercial and i'm going to try to get a hold to uh get a get a hold of brett and uh we'll start the show hang on we'll be right back do you inspire to be a show host co-host, creative producer, camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? Irresponsible Productions and Consultants LLC is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels, this is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots, start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, local sports spotlights on the different sports, activities, athletes and interviews, local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area, local leadership spotlights and interviews, local artist spotlights and interviews. If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact Info at irresponsibleproductions.net That's I N F O at E A R responsibleproductions.net
0: Florida, it's the Positive Impact Hero Show. Featuring everyday people within our community that make a difference in changing people's lives. And now, your hosts of the show.
1: JW and the Daniel And we're back. And we got Brett Cooper on the line with us. Brett, how you doing tonight, man?
3: Hey, John, how you doing, man? We're excited, man. Uh, right now, tonight, I think we've been really, really busy for the last couple of weeks with recruits calling us up from all over the country uh, for the All-American Bowl. So we've been pretty excited and pretty busy. <laughs>
1: yeah, this time of the year, uh, when it comes to football, uh, this is probably the busiest time of year, especially for uh, all you guys dealing with the high school players. Um you know, everything is uh, transitioning right now from uh, from uh, regular season to playoffs, and those that are getting ready to graduate are uh, trying to wrap up and tidy everything up so that they can – some of them, in, in some cases, are going to be there in the spring.
3: Yes, yes, yes. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are now looking to um, follow up on their seasons and the successes they've had this, in the season and um, are planning on the next phase of it. And, and being that, not only that we we do the All-American Bowl, but we have a lot of academics and characters related to it that um, impress the college coaches because their filter is our filter. They look at what we do as their base. Um, so as we're going through and developing the next kids and filtering through who's going to be the next wave, it makes them very recruitable. Um, so we're pretty excited about um, – you know who's the next stage of players that have been part of our our program. So that's where we're at. We're just looking at the next wave. But we have we have a long list of alumni that have uh, been part of our program in the past. And over the last, uh, I would say, uh, four or five years, we we probably have a good about 120 kids that are the who's who's in college football right now. So we're we're uh, we're loaded out there.
2: Well, that's right on. They're throwing the money, Brett. Um, this is the Daniel. I haven't had a chance to meet you or even say hello, but hello now. <laughs> Listen, hey, how you um, doing? <laughs> I'm fine. They call me the Daniel, um, originally AKA. But um, I, the question I have for you is, if you can um, give me a little bit more exposure to your to your program, I've never heard of it before, and I have to say uh-huh. that I'm pretty pretty fresh to the scene here. I'm just counterpart kind of here with John. But I was on your site well, and I was looking at the things that you're doing. It's pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you could tell some of the audiences what it's about, it would be great.
3: Well, you know, one of the biggest things that we get that all the time when people say, we don't know about you guys. We never heard of you. Or we try to get it out there. We do reach out there a lot. We do, you know, some of the things that are um, sometimes goes through is the, the word of mouth and, and coaches. And everybody out there uh, recommending that have been a part of it and know our program. Um, unfortunately, what happens is sometimes we'll get recruits and stuff that come through, and now they move on to college, so they're no longer passing the word. They're doing their their next phase of life, um, and so uh, every year it's kind of reintroducing ourselves to a new set of uh, parents and coaches, letting them know about who we are and what we do. Um, but we we we've been around for not this particular game, as far as the Youth All-American Bowl, it's been around for nine years. Um, I started the first Youth All-American Bowl 12 years ago. And I've been involved with the High School American Bowl for the last 14 years uh, with this various uh, High School All-American Bowl. So I'm kind of like the guy. I run all over the country and and, uh, have kids and scouts and stuff around the country. Um, You know, when we put this together, uh, my history through uh, football and track and field and basketball has kind of led myself to the direction I wanted to um, put this together as an event that wasn't just your standard game uh, what we wanted to do is make sure that the event carried its own um, I guess power on it where it was able to direct the kids to college recruiting um, developing them to how do you become attractive to a college recruit um, so that way the uh, coaches that are looking for those kind of players know that this is what they're looking for. This is what their, their criterias are. Let's meet those criteria. Let's make sure that we're not eliminating ourselves for the little things. And that happens so much in college football. A lot of kids don't know these things. And when you're not aware of it, you may sit there and get eliminated for something that you're doing and not aware of. And that's the worst kind of thing that can happen is to find out that you're losing a scholarship based on just not knowing and um, so we we try to educate the kids and educate the parents on these things, and giving them an an aspect of here's here's the next stage you got to go to. This is what you need to do. Here's how you become uh, you know a better recruit for that college uh, coach in that program. And and the big part of that is your academics, your character, and your leadership are the main three.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's no doubt that there's a, there's a big. Uh you know, a big uh, misconception, uh, or or I want to say stigma, even because when I grew up, you know, in in the 70s, it was all about attitude. Uh, They didn't give Mm -hmm. it really a whole lot about how skilled you were. It was about your attitude.
3: And I hear that, I
1: guess, cliche nowadays is that, uh, what do they say, Uh, you know, uh, the kid's coachable. Is the kid coachable or isn't he coachable? And I guess that's, you know, I fell under that category that, uh, I had a bad attitude, but I was highly skilled. There were a few coaches that <laughs> wanted to work with
2: me, but more more not because I had the attitude. So that's what happened to um, our integrity and character, huh? <laughs> I'm glad you're bringing that back.
3: In. I'm so glad you're bringing that
2: back to the scene. Because I think. But you know, um, that,
3: that still goes on today. That's what coaches say. The first thing out of their mouth yeah. is how's, how's the grades, how's the academics? The second thing they say is, is he coachable? What kind of what kind of uh is, is what kind of character does he have? So the first two things they ask about, and I always tell the kids and the parents, if you can't get through the first two questions, you don't even get to the third part. You don't even get to the part where they're trying to find out who you are. So it's critical for every player to understand that, you know, know your numbers, know your grades, know your your you know, make sure you're taking now, care of all now, the things you need to do.
1: And now they have to watch themselves on social media because that I've heard exactly. of even kids. Being recruited because they made a comment on social media, and that's that's a exactly. huge well well issue
3: that's for these what we 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 do four classes at our bowl week. Um, we do uh, NCAA compliance, we do uh, academic awareness, we do social media training, and we do recruiting. So we go through all those things uh, during our bowl week. So when the kids walk into our bowl week, they walk out ten times better than they walk in. And a lot of times because the parents sit in on the meetings and they hear the, the meetings, they, they are totally blown away and impressed by what we're doing and teaching them. A lot of them have no clue the first time they've ever heard some of the things that we're teaching them. And so it, it gives them a good direction of where to go from here. Now, you're all you're an academic All-American. You're playing in the game, but where do you go from here? And our biggest thing is let, let us direct you how to go about the next steps and how to go about... Um, fixing uh, the next phase Of where you're going to go in life So that way you're prepared And the best thing that can happen Is if you're prepared Then the college coaches know That you're prepared That you're ready to be recruited The worst thing that can happen Is you're not going to be recruited Now I I sat with um, Urban Meyer From Ohio State one time And Urban Meyer told me He said um, He said Bray, he goes If a recruit If I ask a recruit How's his grades And he guesses it Let's say a kid walks up and he says, well, I think I'm about a 3.5 or I think I'm a 3.2. He said, take a whole point off of that. He said, that kid's not recruitable. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, that kid's not ready. He doesn't know his own numbers. He's guessing it. And he said, if he's guessing it, he said, then that kid doesn't know his own things. He's not ready. He hasn't put the effort in to be recruited. And so little does the kid know that he's being eliminated because of that. You know, and so there's so many stories like that that I've heard that kids don't know because it's just a normal kid thing to do to say, oh, I think I'm about a 3.5. But you don't know in front of a college coach that's eliminating you. What Urban (laughs) Meyer told me, is he wants the kid to say, sir, I'm a 3.5, sir, here's my transcription, my GPA, here's what my numbers are, here's what I just did in my SAT. And see, that's the kind of guy that he wants because he wants that kind of guy in his locker room, somebody who's prepared.
2: Absolutely, he has to take that think word out of that, that sentence. Um, another question: yeah. you, You're doing your you're doing everything you need to do on your end as far as getting the academics uh-huh. and the kids ready for school. How do most of the colleges look at them? Now you you have a mindset to make sure grades come first, right? Right. When recruits come in over the years, I mean, I played baseball, then the idea of recruiters coming in. And taking a look at the kids, what are they thinking about first? Are they, I mean, I, I can understand them thinking about the field first versus the right. The, well, thinking about the playbook versus the academic book,
3: right? Where, well, the first well, thing they, that, they think about is academics first, the re, as far as the recruiters, um, because it's, it's an institution of uh, learning. You got to have a GPA to get in to the institution, um, and then you got to maintain that. So even when you come to the university, um, you know, they have the team GPA, that if the, if the team GPA suffers, they can be um, banned from playing football games. They can lose scholarships. Uh, there's so many penalties that the NCAA has uh, based off of that. So a lot of people don't realize the motivation through a uh, college coach doesn't just fall on the football field, also falls in the classroom. And so sometimes you'll have a kid that may not be ranked as high, but it's doing great in school, and he'll get a recruit to a major university over a kid that may be a higher ranked kid. Based off of that, they know this kid's going to bring up the team GPA. And you say, "Well, man, this kid, you know, this kid's better than that kid, but how did he get in there? Well, he got in there because he got a great GPA. He goes to a great school. He got great academics, so they don't have to worry about him. He's going to bring up the team GPA."
2: Now, over the years, or actually decades, we've been—the perception has been that uh, kids only basically wanted to go to college to play football to get to the pros. Is right. That perception, to me, I from my angle, from where I'm looking at it, it seems to have mm-hmm. changed. Uh, but how how many how many of the people out there is actually wrapping their brain around that?
3: No, every kid still wants to go to the pros. That hasn't changed. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, they, they, I mean all, they all still want to get to the next level to the pros and, and play um, on Sunday. I, I think that's all, you know, I think realization comes in when you get to college. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think every player um, and every player that I've had the pleasure of working with over the years with the high school, even at the high school American Bowl, um, I don't think any of them felt like they weren't going to make the pros. Now we did have a well, lot that did make the pros, but there's some that didn't make the pros, and
2: even those kids
3: to, thought that they would make it one day. You no,
2: know, of course, and, and you got to have that mindset. But uh, what I'm uh, what right. I'm thinking of the perception of the environment, the community. Um, mm-hmm. One of the first things back in the day that um, parents or even just bystanders would say is that. They're not teaching – these kids are not getting any academics. They're basically being used to go play football, go to college, and with with, with a premise of making it to the pros. That's the way the outside yeah. had been looking at this for a very long time. Where, where yeah. do you, where's your feel on that? Now?
3: Well, no, I, and that's one of the things that we teach um, during our bowl week and some of the things we, that people hear me say all the time is that um, you don't let football use you. You use football. Um, You know, make sure you get your academics. I mean, that can happen anywhere to anybody if they let somebody take advantage of them, if they let a program take advantage of them. Um, You don't want to do that. You want to come out and you you want to use that education. So if you're getting five years free college, make sure you use that. You know, make sure you're using all your your assets to, to further your education because your career outside of football still has to take place. And I tell them the stories uh, with me. I deal with tons of NFL, former NFL uh, players, and um, some of those guys I wouldn't wish their lives on anybody, my worst enemy. Um, So I always say that you need to be prepared uh, for life uh, beyond football. Um, and so work on your career, with, with what you love in life and what you like to do outside of football. Uh, what is the passion that you're going to have um, that's going to carry you over? Because when football ends, and it can end at any time or anywhere, um, even for those who make it to the NFL, um, you know, you still got to have something after that's over. So um, you make sure that you want to prepare yourself so that way you're having a happier life and being able to, you know, complete the trifecta. So one of my biggest things is I tell them there's a trifecta that I count on. And I tell them, every, you know, it's not that you got to make it to the NFL and everything to meet my gracious. One of the three things that I look for is that you're a good father to your children, a good husband to your wife, and a good man in your community. And if you've done that, you've met the trifecta. And so those are the areas that you're looking to develop. So that way, um, making it to the NFL is a cherry on the top. It's not where, uh, it's a be all and end all. Um, so you want to be able to make sure that those things that you're preparing them for are covering in the next phase of their life. Because if you got those things right, you're going to be pretty successful.
1: Yeah, no question about that. The, uh, You know, I always tell uh, my biggest uh, thing that I regurgitate uh, mostly when uh, when I'm talking to the parents about how uh, how to uh, use the football as a tool in real life, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. at the youth level, we really try to correlate because, again, you know, uh, those those really talented kids and those really talented skills don't really start showing up until, you know, early junior high, uh, you know, high school. I mean, you know, you got eight-year-olds running amok. I mean, they're eight-year-olds. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even really want to go into the whole uh, thing this year where we've got national-rated uh, eight-year-olds. I think it's a little over the top.
3: I, I don't know how. I don't know how they do that. I just think it's. Yeah, you know, I think if, if people do it it's for tongue-in-cheek fun, I, I, I would never put anything serious on that. They're way too young for to develop a an actual ranking. As an eight-year-old, um, it's hard that that'd be really difficult to do.
1: Um, well, if, like if I you, you want to let these kids enjoy it, you don't yeah. want to put pressure yeah. on
3: them well, that early. Well, you
2: know? yeah. well I wonder. Well, what, I mean, my
3: biggest my biggest thing is it, it all it all shakes out the same way. I mean, just because somebody throws a rating on you or whatever, um, you know, I always tell kids that uh, you know you never know where you're going to end up at. Sometimes the offensive lineman is your star quarterback. You know, that kid that played offensive guard is the now all-state defensive back, and that's just getting to high school level. And then I says, man, sometimes you get a kid who's a star quarterback, he's the number one wide receiver at the college. I mean, look at David Sills, per se, who was a got an offer in sixth grade as a quarterback to USC. Now he's the number one wide receiver in college football at West Virginia. And so you look at it and say, guys, you got to know that your position opens up for you You may come somewhere else. And I've seen tons of kids who were great or came through and may have was top at this level, but at the next level he was a different position. And you have to embrace that and make that happen as a football player. So I always tell everybody, hey, become a great football player and work on your other tangibles that keep you there. And that's your, your, your attitude, your character, um, and your work ethic.
1: Yeah. I just, I try to, I try to reiterate to the parents about how, how, uh, you know, football as a team sport correlates to real life and in, in the workplace, yes. because you know, yes. it's, it's, you're not going to get along with everybody. I don't care who you are, how your character is, whatever you get in, especially in the pro level, when you've got 65 guys, 60 guys on a team, you're not going to get along with everybody. And, and, yeah. but when you put on that same uniform, you do like him for that two hours or three hours or whatever it is. And that's how you have to deal with things at work, you know, and in public. So it's a great learning tool at a young age to get kids to buy into the whole, you know, uh, we have to show the respect that respect is deserved. Uh, You may not like who he is, but you have to respect that the work and the effort that's put in to be the same and even be better
2: than, than the rest and that's the bottom yeah. line to all of us, is, is that, that tool of respect. Um, I think a lot of us are losing that over, over, the, <laughs> over the last couple of years. Um, actually, decades, things are on a downward spiral. Outside of, I have to say, outside of the kids that are actually getting involved in the athletic industry uh, or um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: on that gridiron. I think you guys are doing well, a pretty good job. I, until I went to your site, um, I was kind of skeptical. I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh-huh. But what, be, what well, made my night is that you were born on December the 16th. You can't be all bad because that's my birthday. So
3: no, no, I'm Christmas. I'm December
2: 26th. Oh, oh 26th. I'm, I'm
3: a Christmas baby. Yeah
2: didn't even, even <laughs> did hey you better change that on your on your bio then, man
3: oh, i don't know i didn't know it was 16th on there <laughs> it was the 20th. i'm a christmas baby you know uh, I, I, could tell you, I could i can tell you what um what we did with our bowl game um and and why you know all the things that we put in it just to make it special um we wanted to emulate uh, what it was like to be in a major college bowl game arena And the reason why I can tell you this is that I had the number one track team in the country. I used to coach track and field as well at a high level. And I had the number one track team for seven years straight, which we shattered records in USA Track and Field and AAU. And and, um, I just happened to be, uh, you know, talking with uh, some of the players, I mean, runners, and I found out that uh, there was never an experience to what we were doing. We were so, you know, regimented into what we did out there from the airport to the buses to the hotel to the, the track, and we never gave them an experience. And I felt like, man, we did all this great stuff. We shouted records. We're making history. And, wow, there was no experience to it. So it all became a blur to the players, you know, all the mm-hmm. runners. And so what happened was we had created an atmosphere that was so regimented that it did not give them a chance to breathe and say, hey, we took in this city, we took in this city, or we we made things that was worth um, the experience of doing all this. Um, so what I did was when I started with the All American Bowls, and uh, of course the first thing I was dealing with was the Army Bowl. I was at the Army Bowl, and it was still kind of the same thing I did with track and field. It was very regimented. It didn't have an experience. Uh, when I was able to start the U.S. Marine High School All American Bowl, they kind of gave me a chance to open it up a little bit, and I was able to bring in the Arizona Cardinals and the Fiesta Bowl, Fiesta Bowl Parade, and We did all these great things, and it was really one of the best bowl game experiences ever, and the kids just had a blast in it. So, I mean, I had guys like Todd Gurley and Jack Goff and these kind of talented players that are in the NFL that were part of that experience and uh, all these great players that were down there, and they were really loving it. And I think it was really an envy to even all the other guys that played in other games that, wow, look what these guys are doing. I mean, they're having fun down there. And we really put together that experience. When the Marines disbanded that game and we brought the – all-American, the junior All-American game to Dallas, we teamed it in with the Cotton Bowl, gave it a great experience. And we said, hey, you know what? We're going to continue that same experience where we're going to make it fun for the families and kids. And so we put in a lot of variables to it. I mean, we have a practice facility that's 150 yard, next turf, indoor football facilities, built like the Alabama indoor football facility. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. The kids have a fun time in it. Um, they, they, we have a steady art stadium that we use. We have uh, luxury buses that we transport the kids back and forth to practice to the cotton bowl and their all-American bowl. Uh, we have a Philly cheesesteak night where we have one of the local vendors who brings in authentic Philadelphia cheesesteaks. Uh, so the kids have a great time with that. I mean, you never had a Philly cheesesteak and it's authentic with the actual <laughs> Philadelphia Amarosa rolls. I mean, it's, it's absolutely the best taste of all and the kids go crazy on it. Uh, I can imagine. We have uh oh, we have all kinds of stuff. I mean with the classes we do a um All American Bowl awards banquet gala where we're recognizing all the top players, not just for what they're doing on the football field, but like you said, the character, leadership, teamwork, um, perseverance, other areas that are dynamic in the game of football. Um, uh, we have also a New Year's Eve party that's been special. Um the kids are out there, you should see them having fun out there. And even the parents are out there dancing. I mean, they just dance so hard and just letting off the steam and enjoying themselves. (laughs) So we do so much in the bowl week that just make it a fun week. We felt like we want the experience to be as if you were playing in the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, or the Orange Bowl. Like that kind of experience to be part of that, the whole week of festivities, and then the game was a cherry on the top. And so that's what we've created and uh, that's why everybody looks at it and says, man, that's the best experience you can ever have. You can never have anything like this. There is nobody that does what we do. To the point where we've had people flying in from Sweden every year to play in our game. So for the last five years, we had Swedish players playing in the game. They're flying around the world. So it's been really that's fun um, and exciting.
1: I know we talked about this. Yeah. We had uh, Joe Gallant on, uh, if you know Joe, uh, the Joe, president yeah. of the – uh old school coach and uh and and uh, joe glad is a a
3: friend of mine so i like joe
1: yeah joe's a great guy uh we had him on you know and, and he discussed a lot of the, the same type of uh same type of thing you know and and we we uh really kind of stressed and and really want to you know uh bring out exactly you know uh these types of these intricate things that you guys do, because again, we can, we can just look at the surface and everybody says, Hey, it's a, you know, it's an all-star uh, football game for high school kids. Uh, well, it's it's a lot more than just a, an all-star game. Like you said, there's, there's far right. more uh, details and far more uh, educational uh, things for these kids to get out of that week than just football. You know? that's, yeah. That's, that's,
2: yeah. What, what you're doing is excellent. Do you have a cutout for that for uh, the rest of the, the the organizations around this country? Or uh, one time I was mentioning to John about, do you, is there a, a time where all of you, you, your owners of and coaches of the football teams, have mm-hmm. a conference? Everybody gets together and share everything that they're doing within their area. Do you do that or? Um-
3: no, no, I think what I do is i I uh sometimes I'll have a conference with a particular um, with a particular uh, uh let's say coach and, and the coaches or the parents from his organization uh, we'll do a conference call a lot of times and we'll go over things, and uh, we do that quite often throughout the year with different groups uh, from different parts of the country. Um, but we, we, we basically the time where they all meet up and they kind of socialize like a, uh, I would say a fellowship is during the bowl week and, um, the, the coaches love it because they find other coaches that are just like them, uh, year in and year out that are part of the whole experience. And, and so for them, it's that one part of the year where you're out there with about forty thirty 30 or 40 other guys that are just like them that have the same passion for kids and, um, they share the same vision that we have for Brett Cooper football. So, um, you know, it's all one big fun thing, and the great thing is I always hear the coaches say they can't wait to come back and and do it again the following year because of the the experiences they had. So um, well, this, it's a great that, time, and we like to kind of get them to carry that on for the the following year.
2: Well, not only that, I, I mean we can use that cutout down on this end. That's that's why I made, yeah. that's why I made it, uh I mean, for instance, like mayors, they I mean all over the country from time to time, doesn't matter where they'll range that at the course of the year or two years prior to meeting, but they get together mm-hmm. and they come up with some type of scheme or some type of plan that could work for everybody within their sector that brings right. everybody to on, the same, on the same page. Now, you have a mm-hmm. lot to offer and I think um, getting that across the, across the, the country I think that works pretty well. If you can get some of those coaches or a lot of them that can actually sit down and listen to what you're saying like right now, hopefully they're listening, but uh, it'll be great if you could kind of like get a cut out of what you're doing right now. uh, I've never gone to a a football website and saw uh, an image of class triple A's on a piece of paper for grades. <laughs> yeah, you've seen that. On to website, I've seen footballs, I've seen football players and coaches and parents, but not a chart as the grade yeah. school. I, I, yeah, that's you a, see the
3: that's academic, good. you see the academic advisory, the Mia in academic exactly. advisory on there as well. We I have mean, that. Yeah,
2: we... Small. That might seem small, but that's a big thing.
3: and and, yeah. and if
2: you could share that with a lot of other coaches or a lot of other organizations, that would be good, man.
3: Yeah, we well, we try to. We try to get it out to as many as possible. We try to um, educate everybody on what we do and what we're about and um, our whole agenda. Um, and so the fact of it is is that we've been doing this for a long time, um, and as we're doing it and trying to reach out, um, it, it has become a a genre where people do hear about it. There are a lot of people that know about Brett Cooper football, but there are a lot of people who still don't know about Brett Cooper football. And so our quest is still trying to get the word out and let people know about, you know, who what we're doing and who we are and what we're all about and making a difference in kids' lives and, and really kind of reshaping the direction on these kids' lives and really giving them opportunity. I can I tell you another thing. We have prep schools from all over the, you know, East Coast that, uh, I mean, you're talking about the Ivy League kind of prep schools. Not just kind of pop up. I'm of about the, the real long ones that have been around for 150 years. Um, you know, they're offering our kids between fifty-five and 75000 a year to go to their wow. prep schools. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, you're looking at them boarding prep schools down there. So um, we've impressed the prep schools enough where we have scouts that we have that work with the prep schools that literally they say, who do you have? They don't even ask him, let's see if we can qualify him. They look at him and he qualifies them. And wow. so, and so uh, we're excited about that. And I tell parents, I say, hey, you don't have to take it, but if you're interested, it's there. And right. uh, we have a lot of kids that are in prep schools all up and down the East Coast that have been part of our program. And some of them have just moved on to college this past year. And uh, we're excited about kids that are getting that education and being able to uh, move on. Now, some of them are in Ivy League schools. Some of them didn't go to just the regular college. Now they're in Ivy League colleges. And so right. um, we felt like that's life-changing, that that's an opportunity that's going to direct the future of your life. And to me, I think that's a great point. It it doesn't have to be NFL. It doesn't have to be where that is, but if that's going to make a a difference in your life and you become um, somebody successful in life, then uh, we're happy that we had a point in making some kind of impact on that. You know, we just want to make sure the kids don't forget us.
4: (laughs) <laughs> you know, no,
3: that's that's you
1: know kind of what we're you know what the show's really all about is that you know uh me as a as a youth coach and as a mm-hmm. you know adult football coach and and, and now commissioner of, a, of an adult football league um yeah we uh we really you know i go around and i see a lot of people put in a lot of hard work and they don't get paid and no. and then on the, on the extreme spectrum, you know, I, I hear from the from the community, there's just there's just nobody out there. There's just no role models out there. So we have we have this, you know, two groups of people who who work, one group works tirelessly and doesn't ask anything for it, doesn't get paid for it, and then we have another group of people that just overlook everything and try to micromanage it and just oversee the obvious that there are role yeah. models in every community it just may not be what your role model what your expectation of a role model is yeah we're actually there's there's
3: a lot there's, there's a lot out there there's a lot of good guys that are doing the right thing um and that's what we look for guys that work with our program um to be good guys doing the right thing and really um making a difference in these kids lives i think that's what we look for when we ask somebody to come on and be a part of what we do and um we find those guys and they're out there, and so we're we're always happy to see them being a big part of what we are and what we do well
1: that's you know that's excuse me, that's why we're here. we're here to help uh you know everybody in these positions and you know, and we talked before we actually talked probably about a year and a half ago and and uh you know you were uh you know looking for kids like you're always doing the quality kids and we and we mm-hmm. spoke and spoke again, and we had Pastor Harry Jones on, and he was, uh, he yeah. was a great inspiration and a great story to tell. Uh, we probably could have done a
3: four-hour <laughs> show with him. <laughs> we got, we <laughs> probably could have done a series with him. You with, know, with it's so funny. Harry, Pastor Harry Jones has been with me for I would say over 25 years, and uh, our kids are both, you know, we were out of Philadelphia, and uh, both our kids were going out to Florida State and training with Deion Sanders and Bobby Bowden and all that whole team. And, you know, it was something that was interesting back then. And, you know, it was like kind of the things that we were looking for, the extra advantage to help kids uh, that our own kids, and also other kids that wanted to attend with them um, that we're heading out there with our kids. And um, so we always were on a quest, even going way back to find the ingredients. And so we were, you know, I was one of those guys that used to speak to all the different college coaches all around the country. And, he was also doing that, and so we were in the infancy of, of um, developing what we developed. And so, I have done that so long between track and field and football um, that um, you know we kind of and um, kind of matured to where we're at now. And so, um, you know, Harry's been earned my respect over the years, and and that he's done such a great thing, and uh, and so you know he's been so instrumental with helping kids and giving kids opportunities and second chances and giving kids uh, a chance to go in the right direction. I mean, there's so many kids right now that are sitting in prep schools and colleges and, you know, there's a few guys in the NFL all due to Harry Jones. If if it wasn't for him, uh, I don't think that those kids would have had those opportunities. So, you know, you think, we're very appreciative of that.
2: Right. How, how, how do you think um, he worked with those kids that you find when they do come, they want to play football, but they just don't have the character? What happened to well, those
3: kids? When the, Does the Pastor well, Jones get them? Yeah, 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 I think you do. You got to teach them. Um, that's all of us. I mean, I I talk to kids and I talk to their parents and talk to them as well. Um, like I said, it's the one kid we had uh, years ago. I think I was the first person who told the kid no. He couldn't play an All-American ball. The kid was a phenomenal kid. But the uh, parent called me up and said, you just shell-shocked him. And I said, what happened? She says, well, he's so upset that you told him, no, you're the first person that ever said no to him. Everybody needed him so bad. They always used him. And, um, he got his life together. He got his life together. Um, they stayed in touch with me they followed through and, and they stayed up and they, and then the kid ended up getting multiple offers. I think he had about 20 major offers. And, uh, nice. now he's at Louisville playing linebacker at Louisville and he's furthering, his career, he's furthering his education by, by being in, in college and getting his degree. And so, um, you know, that's a great story to to hear that and see that. And so I'm always looking forward to seeing these guys uh, become somebody beyond just the football edge of it, but, you know, having football and using it, using football for their benefit, being able to to grow from it, you know, get your education.
1: Absolutely. We see uh, see a ton of of these players giving back here in Miami. Uh, Mm. Not always necessarily how, you know, I guess – the stigma of the community's expectations. Uh, when a kid yeah. makes it out, uh, you know, I guess the community puts a puts a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I don't even want to say pressure. They just put a huge expectation on these kids to come back to their hometown yeah. and 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 give a lot back. Uh, some do, right. uh, some don't. Some give zero, and and that's that's right. it's painful. Uh Right. Uh, I, I could use our Maybe hometown that, as an example, that, that, but I, don't, I really don't want now. to uh, offend anybody because I'm right across the street from
2: <laughs>
1: – right across the street from his dad, still the police chief, so we won't go down that road. Yeah, we have towns back-to-back. Both dads were police chiefs, so uh, you got to be careful. With but but nonetheless, uh, I, I know for a fact – uh, I can't remember the player's name, but uh, he played for Overtown uh, here in Miami, which is one of the, you know, probably the, the hardest uh, economical hit areas in Miami. And uh, Nike actually has sponsored the youth team there. They, they put up, these kids don't have to pay for nothing. They get new uniforms every year. They get, they get their shoes and cleats bought for them. And, wow. and that's really what, that's really what you want to see. That's really, I guess, yeah. like I said from the start, that's, that's the community expectation, mm-hmm. is that these guys go out yeah. there and have all these endorsements. Why not get some of these companies, instead of paying them, say, hey, look, I don't need all that money. Just give me a cut. Let's take some of that other money. Let's, let's vest it back into these football programs, into the community, and make them yeah. sparkle and shine. Kind of like what you're doing, yeah. but at the youth. Yeah. Shouldn't,
2: shouldn't? Is there anything wrong with the community wanting that? No, there's nothing. No, there's I, nothing I wrong. think it's
3: a great. I think no. what you're saying is a great avenue because I think if you're bettering um, the young kids, you're bettering the community. I think if you're giving them an, av- an, an avenue um, for them to excel at and be, uh, um, you know, doing something positive, I think it's a it's a benefit to the community, a benefit to the kids. I think everybody works out. I think you know when they always say, uh, "Idle time is the devil's playground." Um, mm-hmm. So if you don't do that, you're, you're giving kids a a chance to go ahead and get involved in something that, you know, they're doing something mischievous. And that usually happens because kids don't have nothing else to do. And you yeah. want to be able to make sure that the kids are in a place that they can be able to um, develop and become somebody and let a a, a organization or a program uh, kind of fester that. And if you got the right kind of program, it gives them an avenue, gives them somewhere to go. You know, I, I see a lot of areas that don't have stuff for kids, and you see a lot of kids getting in trouble and getting mischievous because they don't have nothing else to do. They don't have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to develop, and so they're yep. just limited to. They got you know, hey, six seven hours of time uh, outside of school that is free area time, and and so now what else are they going to do? So. Um, when you see a lot of incidents that are going on and a lot of mischievous things, that's because they're not, um, there's nothing structured for them. And so
1: yeah, you and you know, there's, and there's just so many things now that are just so distracting. I mean, you know, when we grew up, uh, you know, we had to go to the library to be distracted. <laughs> <laughs> now they, they've got the library in their pocket. So, you know, they're just, they're pulled at every end. Not only do they have the video games, they got the, the phone, and the phone is a video game. I mean, it's just, it's everything. So, um, you know, school is a huge demand on these kids now. I mean, what if you want to even think about going to college, you have to start in seventh grade. You have to start prep prepping yeah. class. Yeah. So there's a ton of yeah. pressure on them. There's no excuse, right. but but still uh i think that a lot of these kids especially by the time you hit junior high they squeeze all that that
2: innocence out it's mm-hmm. gone you know well i think you said it yeah. earlier john when it came to the social media um aspect of it a lot of it is getting caught up in that it's almost like you can hide when you go there yeah, yeah. and some yeah. a lot of things are that are taking place on social media that may not work out for the kid but then that's where that character comes in yeah and that's what yeah. uh and this group the group is probably giving those kids, which uh, I think that all the coaches should be doing for their kids. Help them get yeah, along. I
1: agree. Yeah, uh let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll uh we'll talk some more in depth about uh Brett dot Foo- com as well as uh your coaching staff. Uh yeah. hang out folks. We'll be uh we'll be right back. Do you inspire to be a show host, co-host, creative producer, camera operator, ground coverage reporter, or a writer in the internet TV or radio business? Irresponsible Productions and Consultants LLC is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels, this is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots? start something great and rewarding show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights local business spotlights and interviews local government information and community awareness local sports spotlights on the different sports activities athletes and interviews local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area local leadership spotlights and interviews local artists spotlights and interviews If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net.
0: In Florida, it's the Positive Impact Heroes Show. Music Featuring everyday people within our community that make a difference in changing people's lives. Music and now, your hosts of the show.
1: K W and the Daniel, and we're back with Positive Impact Hero number 15. We have Brett Cooper with us on the air tonight from uh, brettcooperfootball.com. Brett is the president and founder of, Brett football, of brettcooperfootball.com. Of course he is. Why wouldn't he be? <laughs> really tempting, uh, <laughs> dedicated over 25 years of his life to football and has played uh, this, spot, this sport in every level. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? You want to talk about where you're... Uh, well, where your, uh, your football can, can career you, began as a youngster?
3: Yeah, well, I can tell you what happened. Um, you know, I've been so much, I've been so active uh, with working with programs and kids and college coaches uh, for so long. I think when um, I was uh, working with a program that was prominently known and kept building up this program, uh, I was kind of the face of this program for a while, and to the point where everybody looked at it, it was kind of the program was almost in my image of what I was making it. And so people used to know that, well, one of the things about Brett Cooper was that he was making a difference with the kids and the families that he was working with, even beyond the program. And um, a lot of people looked at it and said, well, you know, um, if you ever had a program in your own name, you know, you know, we would follow it. So it wasn't really what Hmm. came around until years later that we had realized that I had such a following um, because of what I've done and created, which, which would, what happened was my name became branded into doing the right thing with kids and families and making a difference out there. And so uh, we, we came out with Brett Cooper football. Uh, I think at the end of the U S Marines, when they had shut down the game and uh, you know, we had set down the separate final American bowl. Uh, when we said, well, let's go ahead and let's build up Brett Cooper football and build up that. And so we've been doing that. And I think we've, we're into our sixth year with Brett Cooper football and our fifth year with the all American ball. Um, And so at that point, it it just became something where we continue to grow and keep it at its, um, you know, with the the purest into what it's all about, making a difference with the kids and family. So a lot of things you keep hearing me saying it and being repetitive on it, but that's really what it is and making a difference out there. So, we always want to make sure that everybody knows who's listening in or hear this broadcast is that if you're talking about getting um, your kids in and getting them opportunities at the next level and getting them exposure and being able to properly um, be in position to get recruited, um, then this is where you want to come. This is where you want to get your opportunity to develop yourself. So that way you can be in the next position when the college coach comes and sees you or talks to you, that you're in the right position to get recruited because a lot of people just aren't in the right position, you know, Mm -hmm. they'll run into a college coach and they're so out of position, the coach is dismissing them and they don't really know that they're being dismissed, but they're, the coach is dismissing them based off of they're just not in position to be able to um, follow up with it in a way where they don't know how the coach is looking at those criteria, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a there's a bunch of that down here in this, this area, you know, because the skill talent and talent level is so high. Uh, you know, uh, like I said earlier, <laughs> these guys are recruiting all the way down to six-year-olds, man. I mean, the stories <laughs> that we hear, you know, about, you know, what they offer to get some of these kids, these eight, ten-year-old kids, is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know... I'm really torn because I was a kid that you know had a great uh, you know skill set, but I worked at it. Uh, right. And there was a lot of those kids that that didn't have the talent. And I'll be honest with you, when it came to when it came to me playing on a team, I didn't want to play for the best team. I wanted to play for the crappiest team because it ensured me <laughs> the most playing time every time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, most well, kids I I can
3: tell you I I got plenty of stories yeah. on that. I I tell you. Well, I can tell you what happens, too. Uh, I let a lot of kids know this, and I know it's funny because I remember coaching and being out there with the Army All-American Bowl, and I remember having about four quarterbacks in the Army game that were five-star kids, and they all said, uh, hey, we're all going to Notre Dame. And I looked at them. I was like, all four of you guys are heading to Notre Dame? And I'm like, they only <laughs> got about six guys over there that five-star quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be about ten guys that are five-star quarterbacks. I was like – there's only one yeah. guy hitting the field. Like, you know, I mean, all you guys are running to the same place. It doesn't make any sense. And um, so I tell people all the time, I go, you may not look at it and you may think it's popular to choose a school on its popularity, but in all reality, pick what's the best fit for you. Pick where you feel comfortable at. Pick what's yeah. going to help you because all you got to do is look at the NFL draft. The NFL is very inclusive to everybody. So if mm-hmm. you feel like you have a dream to play in the NFL, uh, just look at the draft, and look who's getting drafted, and look where they're coming from. You got kids at major D1 schools, you got kids at major Division twos, you got kids at major mm-hmm. uh, Division threes, you got kids mm-hmm. at all different levels getting drafted that are going into the NFL. And so, when you look at who's coming from where, we sure know that the guy at Middle Tennessee State wasn't a five star All American, but right. he's getting recruited in the first round in the draft, in the NFL draft. And then if you look at who's coming through. You'd be surprised if one kid out in northern Illinois. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. I mean, yeah. he came from – what school was that he came from? He came from a uh, smaller school. And so the fact of it is, is, these guys are coming from all different kind of universities, you know. And so uh, when you look at yeah, the picture – I pitcher, was, watching, uh,
1: was watching one of the games last night, and one of the linemen was uh, – like, he, for Arizona, he was – I think he was an Oregon player, and he transferred out mm-hmm. to a junior college for a year – and then transferred into yeah. Arizona State. So yeah, yeah. the sacrifice yeah. these kids are making to get to where they want to be. Because again, this is what I really love about college football now is that the talent is spread out through the league. Like you said, Division One, yeah. Division Two, Division Three. You got you got guys that could literally be a Heisman candidate in Division Two. Uh,
3: but well, you, you know what you know what happens too. That's because, because exactly. Yeah. Well, the development of players are all, all different levels. And because of a player may have a development that's early or he's being featured at a particular school that's going to highlight him a little more, doesn't mean that he's the best player at that position. There may be a kid that just doesn't – he's not in that position of being highlighted like that, and he gets overlooked a little more because he doesn't have the numbers. His, yes. his, his stat numbers aren't higher. And so what you have is you have a lot of guys that are coming through, but when they get to college, they flourish. You know, and I've seen quite a few kids like that, that, you know, hey, they might have went to a high school and they played with another star kid or whatever, and it took away some of the shine. And before you know it, he gets to college and now he gets to shine. And now he's doing well. And before you know it, there's a lot of guys in there that are doing, you know, outstanding. Now, there's a kid that I I knew when he was coming through high school uh, named Dion Lewis. And when Deion Lewis came through, he he couldn't get a Smith to play in the All-American Bowl or get any chances or whatever. But he had one offer. He went to Pitt. And this kid went to Pitt and became in his first year, he was a Heisman Trophy candidate. And you think he only got one offer. (laughs) So whoever knows. Now, if you look at him now, he's in his, what, 10th year in the NFL? And so at the end of the day, you got a kid that's uh, shining at a high level, but if you had known that back when he was in high school, you'd say, oh, sure, this kid's definitely got to be there. But everybody overlooked him. But these and are the kind of you, stories that you see all the time.
1: And you're seeing a lot of this now in college that you didn't see years going by, is yeah. that they're they recruiting for specialty kids, for their base in, you know, building an offense around a certain type, whether it's the wildcat or whether yeah. it's the rung, you know, where you had the old traditional, you know, the Nebraska Cornhuskers throughout the yeah. 70s. I don't yeah. think you seen a play where they weren't in the wishbone yeah. you know what I mean so <laughs> uh, you, well, you see you know what
3: happens too? Around the,
1: the, players that the colleges are recruiting for to, to build their offenses around
3: well I can tell uh, you this the coaches that come the coaches that come ahead. through are the, the NFL is very in, inclusive and they're very open to getting kids from everywhere And you'd be surprised at the talent they are. And I I had a friend of mine who was a coach at um, Southeast Missouri State. Now, he Mm -hmm. used to coach at Nebraska before that, and he was at Purdue for a little bit. And and what happened was before he went to Southeast Missouri State, he was putting guys in the NFL from these universities. And so what his track record was was he develops guys that get ready for the NFL. And so when he went to Southeast Missouri, it was no surprise that kids that were playing at Southeast Missouri were also getting drafted because they knew the coach develops that kind of player. And it had nothing to do with uh, that the school was a major D1 or not. They just knew that the kid coming through that coach is going to be developed. Right. And that coach said, this is a good kid, and he's been used to developing those kind of players. And NFL uh, player personnel directors know that these are the kind of kids they want to recruit to be or draft. And so That's... we see that a lot. And, um, you know, it depends. So, so when you look at it and you think of Charlie Strong that. Uh, South Florida, Elaine Kiffin's down in, in South Florida. Somebody else is at FIU. There's going to be kids that get drafted out of these schools, and and yeah. not purely because of that, because they know that they came through those coaches that right. develop those kind of kids. Now, how
2: does how how does the reality of it really kicks in? For instance, the, the commercial that I I see a lot now on television, uh, it's kind of funny in a way, but uh, it's this coach just giving this prep talk to his boys before they hit that field. You know, just getting that energy up, getting that adrenaline in the flow. Um, they're not going home tonight. They're not taking on bus home tonight. And then the next edit is them walking back into oh, the yeah. locker room and dragging their, dragging their helmets. How, <laughs> how do you turn that kid up around? How do you get him motivated again?
3: Well, you know, part of the whole thing is, um, rebound is disappointment. Um, learning how to bounce back. Um, uh, one of the best things that you can do is be able to handle disappointment better. The ones, the kids that can handle disappointment the best are the ones that, that actually make it to the next level and able to do more because uh, at every level, it's those who bounce back from disappointment um, that are able to do it. But somebody who goes into the tank on one disappointment day or whatever, um, they're not going to pan well because they're holding on to it. So you got to have the ability to forget and move on. And otherwise, you the, the best players.
1: Otherwise, you'd have WWF brawls at the end of each NFL game.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Instead it, of shaking yeah, hands, you got some guys that can't ball. shake off a shake off a situation, so they have to be able to have ice in their veins and just you're, know well, that you're right. hey, it, that was yesterday, wipe yeah, it off, and, and start over again.
1: Exactly, it's, yeah. it's, it's about on that page, overcoming the adversity. Because again, uh, when it comes to to, to uh, to sports you're not going to win every game i don't care who you are at you know you're going to start out at at a level you know that everybody else starts off usually at at zero and you're going to lose and that's what defines your character i think i've said i've heard it many times by the pro what defines your character is how you handle the losses not how you not how you deal with the wins it's it's how you cope that's right deal with the loss because again uh, let's go back uh, what was it uh, the, the Super Bowl a couple years ago that ended <laughs> in yeah, dramatic yeah, fashion in yeah. the last play of the game yeah. that could literally destroy that, that player if he wasn't yeah. groomed his entire life to right. handle that particular situation because again you dream as a kid to make in that that particular play and then all of a sudden it just turns and goes the other way I mean that happened yeah. to Florida yesterday,
2: yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and um, Brett, you you mentioned that pretty much on your on your site as well you You talk about the the advantages of actually mistakes and penalties being tools uh, yeah. to help experience yeah. kids in, in the right in the right direction. Um, yeah. can you um, elaborate on that a little bit for me
3: well, like i said the the the, the fact of it is is that having uh, these skill sets uh, definitely makes you more recruitable. Um, that you're able to handle that. And uh, the best way to uh, be attractive is that your leadership within you develops that and gets you ready for the next level. Um, So it's important that when you're talking about uh, getting those chances with the next level and getting kids to be able to handle a, a defeat or a loss or or anything there is to be able to, you know, the leadership is what stands up. That's when you got to have your leadership. And you have to have that class and and drive that um, rebounds from it. Um, I think one of the, if you guys remember, you mentioned Florida. One of the biggest things about Tim Tebow, when he came through Florida is when they took that loss. And he stood up and made a statement about how he would never be at that. And he was going to be the most diligent player and would never let that happen again. He's gonna fight through this. And everybody commended it as one of his uh, Newt rocky kind of speeches. And so, um, you know, you have to look at that point of saying, you know, people look at that and say, well, was he able to handle that? And he, and he handled it pretty well in that situation.
1: Well, he did. And that's it's a great example that you bring up because uh, I was reading an article, you know, the last week or two about the whole kneeling situation and how he was tore apart and condemned when he kneeled in in, in his moment for, you know, to, to praise God. And, and, and now, you know, it's just the complete opposite. Now they want to support the player who's, who's, you know, condemning, you know, the, the wrongs in the world, which is, there's nothing wrong with it, but, but why can't, you know, Tim Tebow take a knee and have the same support? You know what I mean? Well, it's you just know a know weird
3: situation, is, and, and, and you're right. You're right about that. And I think Tim Tebow, um, earn should earn that respect where they should let him to do that. That allow him to do that. I think what happens is, and just the, the the backtrack of where you get people come in is that they felt Tim Tebow was self-serving. Um, so that kind of stigma was attached to him, where they felt that yeah. he was about Tim Tebow and not about the team. And I think what happens is when you have uh, any player that becomes more about himself than the team, that's the player that doesn't get a chance. And so um, would Tim Tebow be better than some guys that are out there in the NFL? Absolutely. Um, Tim Tebow doesn't really get a chance because Tim Tebow okay. comes with the Tim Tebow baggage on it, which is not a baggage per se, but, but because Tim Tebow gets the stigma of what well, Tim Tebow is only about himself.
1: Yeah. You know, and and
3: honest promoting Tim Tebow.
1: Yeah. In all honesty, I didn't think that he would have a, a very long career in the NFL uh mm-hmm. from from probably his junior year, I said. He just doesn't fit the mold of what an NFL quarterback is. He may have the skills and talent to get the job done, but he's not gonna last yeah. long scrambling around in the NFL. Right. It's not gonna happen. Well, you know?
3: yeah, but this, I mean I happen. think there's other guys you know, that, I think there's other guys that make it in the NFL. I just think that Tim Tebow just, I think that when you have the you know general managers and so in the NFL, they just don't want to deal with any distractions. Um, there was a guy just year, a couple of years ago named Michael Sam that came out and, and came out and was yeah. gay. This kid yeah, was, yeah, the yeah. Was, yeah. was the number one player. he was the number one player in, SEC, in the in, in the SEC at defense. He was the MVP defensive player in the SEC they couldn't even get him on a practice squad cuz once he came out it was like oh you're self-serving and, yeah, and so done. we're not going to we're not going to entertain you he couldn't get yeah. on anywhere he couldn't get on anybody's team and so at the same point i think what happens is the nfl sends little signals and it's like if there's anything about you that's self-serving yeah. then we don't want to have you out there on our program and that's what political- to be about the nfl and that program
2: and that and that's the political aspect of it and, and- yeah and since we're on that end, I'm going to, I'm gonna ask you this I'm gonna ask you this question. What do you feel about how do you feel about uh at least your opinion on uh, college players getting paid to play football? I, I, I've been hearing me? Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. It's become a pretty good I wouldn't say a big controversy, yeah, a, but it's floating yeah. around out it's yeah. gonna happen you know I mean
3: but, but, I, 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 don't know it, I don't know if it, I don't know if it can happen I just think it's such a slippery slope um, I think once you go down that road um, you would have to have some precautions to it I, I don't know if you could just give the college football player a bigger stipend because he's not allowed to work um, well, well, but And maybe the, you the, can think about hmm?
2: think about the kid that goes to school and doesn't go right. as an but goes just to get his grades, but he has to go out and get a part-time right.
3: job. He's got to get paid. Right. He's going to get paid. He's got to get a- paid. Group. But I mean, they they eliminate if you're on a scholarship, you're not allowed to get paid. Right. So you, you so can't, go, you to can't class, go work a job. But I think they they should allow the players, uh, athletes, yeah. to be able to get a bigger stipend to justify that they can't get um, paid, or they could take a date to a movie or something like that. And so I just uh-huh. think it's an unjust on that side of it. Um, I do think that it's it's a sticky point. I don't think you should pay them. Um, I don't even think that – and, I mean, I, I listen to Chris Weber and guys like that complaining about, hey, my jersey was selling in the store and I wasn't getting the dime out of it. I think, I think what happens is that you're an elite player, so your jersey may sell in the store. But there's other guys on the team whose jerseys aren't selling in the store.
4: Exactly.
3: So you could not make it a situation where people can come into college and have their own individual contracts. Where you know, hey, you're Chris Weber, you should get paid X amount of dollars, and the guy from, let's say, uh, Villanova doesn't get paid as much because he's not as big as name as you are, you know. So if it's going to be across the board, it's got to be across the board. So the only way I can see you can get around that is just make the stipend a little bigger from the from the uh, NCAA.
1: What's what's going to happen, and 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 I'll give you guys a little bit of insight if you haven't haven't already heard, but because of the video game. NCAA football game yeah, there were numerous lawsuits filed, and numerous yeah. lawsuits won. Chris Spielman was the biggest one and the biggest name heard of. He sued Ohio yeah. State University for using his name and his likeness in the football video game that they received yeah. money, and he didn't he won, and what he did is yeah. he, he donated all that money right back to the Ohio State University Athletic Department. And why did he do that? He's making a point. Mm -hmm. And the point is, is that, yes, I'm there and I'm helping the school make millions of dollars. Am I asking for millions of dollars? No, we're asking for a nominal cut. Mm -hmm. And and what you're going to see, it's going to happen. You're going to see this happen. They're going to get an escrow account. They won't be able to touch the money while they're in school, because, again, that would violate NCAA
2: rules. But what right.
1: they're going to do is that they will, they will p- put a percentage across the board for all of the players. Because, again, I think what Michigan played that game a couple weeks ago at, at night. They had million, $30 million the, the program got. The football mm. team in Michigan doesn't need $30 million. They, <laughs> they have an alumni association. They, they're not ever in need for money. But what that does is that takes money to put in other programs that the school doesn't have that kind of funding for. Right, and that's a good exactly. thing for any school. Right. in any athlete right but what right. i said and that, you're I really right believe these guys are are gonna have to get paid at some level if they're using this. Mm-hmm. i mean there isn't a court in the land that's not going to give them absolutely th- that that justice but at the same token you can't you can't start paying them like that like like regular players like you were referring to on a weekly basis because again now you're playing for money and you're no longer playing for that school pride or that that honor that that i love so much in the college game can't take that away once you take that away college is done for me because to me it's the most exciting uh football on the planet
3: (laughs) Well, well i can tell you what happens too that uh just like you were just saying there um a lot of the programs, like the cheerleading program, the pep squads, the you know some of the marching bands and things like that, they make money by helping the the football program out so a lot of times they're 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 doing the newsletters they're sending out the newsletters they're they're getting the big buckets of you know letters and putting the signing it and, and stamping it and folding it up and putting it in the envelope and sending it out to the future recruits and the campers and everything like that. So what happens is the football budget, even though the money comes through, they um I guess their 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 paid uh uh kind of staff is the other programs, they, they actually pay those programs. So you figure say, well how's the swim team get money to do traveling, or how's the swim team, or how's the gymnastic team, or how's the uh volleyball team? Well, they're part of that. They they do parts of those things Within the football program, you think, well, who's you know, not the coaching staff sending out these letters? That's the the uh, the uh, the other athletic programs who right. are in there because there's only really two programs in in NCAA uh, that actually have their own funding, which is basketball and football.
2: Right, so they bring that's in. Right.
3: That's right. yeah. why they have
2: it. Yeah, they are supported really
3: by cool. the by TV contracts.
2: Because of that, because of that revenue, and everybody's really, really making big money off of it, especially the, the college coaches, they're getting their share of it. But I think John's got a good idea with uh, with the with the S thing. Yeah, I think that works really well. It's gonna happen. You're, you'll see it. It's just a matter <laughs> of
1: the percentage of what these well, kids we're gonna are gonna keep give. our eyes on that <laughs> right. they will. It's just a matter of time because, again, you know, uh, you have a lot of. You have a lot of you know NCAA or NAACP. You have a lot of civil rights groups that are behind it because they're saying yeah. hey, they're not they're humans they're kids you know and they're they're being exploited if you're not giving them a piece of the pie. Let's just say it's one percent of the thirty million. Mm-hmm. It's not much money, but they're getting something. Right. And they can't say that. Right. You yeah. Know, and they can't say well you know the the school made you know when I was there four years they got you know. $200 million in all these games I played and I didn't make a dime off of it. But yet when your signing bonus kicks in, who's getting paid, you know, you are, you're getting paid. <laughs> right. And that's, that's part of, you know, well, building, well, like, I, you,
3: I think that's it's funny building, because didn't, building your brand. Right. But that, that's the, that's a one-way statement. And what I always say is that's from the team that's going 10 and no that's a team that's doing really well. So what about the team that doesn't do well? What about, uh, let's say the, um, Let's say the Rutgers of the world that may have a bad year who didn't bring in that kind of money. Now, what what's the story with them? So you got to be able to say this has to be an across the board thing. It can't be because yeah, uh, Penn State it's brought in two hundred yeah. million dollars or or Michigan brought in two hundred million. Because right. then it'll be an unfair scale depending on what That's... university you're at. And so you got to have it where it's across the board. And the only way you can do that it would have to be through a stipend that's across the yeah. NCAA and it has to be fair yeah. across the board where, whether you're going to Northwestern or whether you're going to Notre Dame, your stipend yeah. is the same. And that's so why that you're seeing. a lot. Unfair advantage to go to that school, but you would get a, a bigger payback.
1: That's why you're seeing a lot of the, of the college games. Now, uh, you know, you're seeing more night games. Some of these schools that never played night games now have lights in their stadiums. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the night get more money, the nine o'clock games get more money. And uh, you know, that's what they're that's what they're they're all pitching and buying for every season, you know. The, you know, we knew those games, the the big the big colleges that got all the, the big games, you know, years ago. Now it's great, you know. You know, I can watch football from you know, college football on Saturday, I can watch it from twelve AM to two AM. <laughs> right. Well I, I can tell you what's a better day and, than a Saturday. And man. he
2: is definitely a college I, you know, it, it made me think on my way back over here to the office, is this the reason why John decided to have this radio blog, uh, positive impact, on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock when yeah, everybody's watching? My football? You know, I'm, I'm going, man, he, he just pulled me away from a football game. I got to go down to the office. And, oh, that's right. That's right. That's I'm right, um, college football. Yeah, no, this thing. man. I, I'll but, be honest. I, I haven't
1: watched I haven't watched one NFL game this year. Oh, Sean. No,
3: well, you I'm know sorry. you know, what's big for us? We keep our eye open for um, the top ten. Uh, who's going to make it to the, the Cotton Bowl? I think our biggest thing is, you know, I think right. it's fun because we put up a little post of predictions every week from the uh, from the Cotton Bowl Classic, and and uh, we always let the kids know, you know, two of these teams you're going to see. So there's yep. predictions that go up about what team's in there, and as it shakes, each week, you know, there's a new set of teams that are in there. So we get real excited and, and to find out what the possibilities may be. And uh, the matchups have been really intriguing to, you know, when you're seeing everybody who could be that five versus eight, you know, or somewhere in that five versus eight team. And so, uh, you know, we've been looking at the Notre Dames, the Clemsons, the Oklahomans have been throwing about. And now, I mean, you got to look at Georgia. Georgia might be in there. And so, uh, you know, it's so fun to see that. And then we have alumni on all these teams that have been part of this same very game. And so, uh, you know, we we had uh, Wisconsin last year, and we had a couple of players on Wisconsin that were part of our game. And we had uh, uh, kids on uh, Western Michigan was part of our game. And so we've got kids that have been playing uh, that were at one point in time, they were at our events and playing in our bowl games, and now here they are playing in the same very bowl games. Western so, Michigan, uh, that's yeah. Broncos.
1: I'm sorry, Chippewa's in yeah. central Michigan.
3: Yeah, not <laughs> Central Yeah, not Central, but Western Michigan. Yeah, that's yeah, the Broncos. Sure. Yeah. Actually
2: yeah. something we up. had a couple Go we ahead. had a
3: couple kids on there. We it, it, it I was, watched uh, that
1: unbelievable. Was, uh, about three weeks ago, did you watch that game? It was a nighttime game. I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday night. It was uh central Michigan versus Western Michigan. It was rain it rained the entire game. It was Freaking brutal. It was, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Michigan game got canceled last week for three hours. Wow. Yeah. It was, that was a Sparty was game. bad it Sparty weather. It two yeah. yeah. hours for landing
2: yeah. delay.
3: I mean, can well, you I imagine how it helped them, it help them a off. lot? They, re- they re- rebounded State. back against Penn State. I'm
2: sorry, Brett. What was that you're saying?
3: I said it helped them a lot. They rebounded from Penn State. So. <laughs>
2: I'm, the I'm they really no,
3: needed that break. Where did the where did the, the, the audience go?
2: Where what did all of the 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 people in the stands go? Oh yeah, yeah. well that's well a lot of them
3: left. A lot of them when they came back from the game, I think the the stands were half empty. But then Michigan State started making their comeback, and then they won the game at exactly. the wire.
1: Yeah, I mean, they the game. Yeah. The only people that were there were students that had dorm rooms close that they could walk to and get out of the rain <laughs> yeah. and come back. I bet if you know they the, opened
3: it up to anybody who wanted to walk back in that stadium. I yeah, you know, they, they did.
2: probably had a lot of walking, walking back in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I I, I think, last week uh John and I was having um lunch at one of the local restaurants here and a kid walked up to me. I hadn't I didn't I I didn't even recognize the kid. It's been more than a decade since I've seen this kid. And he asked um if I was Mr. Lockhart and I Yeah. He goes, don't you remember me? Uh, I'm sorry, I, I can't say that I remember you. He says, oh, you used to teach me karate. I went, oh, really? He goes, oh, in Central, Central. I'm like, oh, okay, how you doing? How often do that happen to you? Um, the kids that are actually, even not, if they're not even making it to the pros or even making it through college, how often do they come right. back to you and, and, and come um, confront you? We, face- no, I get,
3: face- that, I get that quite often. I get that quite often. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I have some stories I could tell you about all those. I, 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 I'll say this. Um, I had a kid one year, um, who became a big time radio announcer in Philadelphia and he came to my daughter's school and he pulled one of my, my daughter out of the class and did a big interview with her. And my daughter came back and says, oh, I did a big interview on the radio show and everything. And I said, um, Oh, she says, the guy said he knows you, that you used to coach him. And I said, I never coached that guy because he was going by his radio name. And I said, I don't know. This guy's name was QDZ. I said, I don't know who that is. I said, you get away from that guy. He's probably trying to make a move on you. (laughs) So I didn't know. And um, now he has his own TV show on Fox 29 in Philadelphia. And uh, so his name is Quincy Harris. And – it just was funny that um here I did coach this for about four years, and I didn't know that he was DQDZ. and uh yeah. oh wow, now I know, <laughs> so it was just so <laughs> funny that uh, here I'm telling my daughter, oh, yeah, I don't know what he's talking about, get away from that guy, and here it was one of my players yeah 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 i I had um I had uh, another player that was uh, engaged to brandy singer Brandy just a few oh, really? years ago, and I happened to look up, and he's now A&R director in a music company, and um, his dad's the lead singer for The Temptations. So I, wow. I just happened to, uh, it, it's so funny, like little things like that happen, and you just get surprised. And how I seen that, I didn't know about it until one day he was on Wendy Williams, and I was mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> I was like, hey, man, this is one of my kids. <laughs> What is he doing? You know, like I, I his name before they said his name, and I just said, "Oh my God!" You know. Well, see now that,
2: so now, you know. for sure, you won't stop doing what you're doing.
3: It, yeah, it yeah, difficult. it's just so it's it's funny because and then, then like I said, I I have I have, sometimes I have kids that grow up and they look different than what they mm-hmm. did when I had them, and so they'll come up to me and they have to explain who they are, and they look so different. You know, now they're all adults now and they got hair, facial hair, and. They look differently. Tattoos all over the place, Yeah, I don't, I don't recognize that little kid that I used to know that was out there with us, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a whole different kid. But yeah, and, just, and, and they'll tell me, yeah, you used to have me in the game, and you sat, and you know, I had a kid um, who's at Virginia now. He's a quarterback at Virginia, and it was so funny that I had him in seventh grade. He was in the All American Bowl, and here he was, this little curly head kid, and you know. He's about probably five foot five or something like that. Played quarterback and, and literally couldn't have been about six months later, he's at a football camp with us during the summer. And I walk right past him and did not know it was him. He at this point now he's about six feet. He's six feet tall. His hair's totally changed now. He doesn't have curly hair, he got straight hair. You know. And his dad is standing there, I'm looking at his dad, I'm like, Hey, where's your son at? He's standing right next to me. And his dad goes, Hey, he's right next to you. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, Say, what? <laughs> so here, the kid's polo appearance looks totally different from what he was just literally six yeah. months. I mean, he went from five, six to about six feet, six one, six, six one. and And, uh, you know, his hair's changed and everything. So I was like, Oh my God. I said, So you just never know. You never know. I said, Nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs>
1: I just ran into one, uh matter of fact, two days ago, uh, over the weekend over at uh seven eleven, you know, it was one of the kids I coached uh, uh I think it was like thirteen, fourteen year olds. That was probably about six years ago. So, you know, the kid's twenty one, he he's buying beer at the at the counter he's like, Hey coach, what's up? <laughs> hey,
3: what's coach, well, I, I tell you one man. of my biggest Andy doctors I that I coach okay. I coached a kid I coach a kid I coached a kid's son that I coached his dad. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I, I'm thinking I coached his father, and now I'm coaching his son.
0: Coaching
3: and I'm like, son, yeah. I, I, uh, so I, And that was, and let me tell you, that was around 95. So you got to imagine yeah. how long ago that was, you know. And I'm yeah. thinking like, I used to yeah. coach his daddy, and I'm coaching his son already on second generation, you <laughs> know. And, uh, you know, that was in 1995. So uh, whoever figured that, um, you know, and the so funny thing is that I coached his son, and he played with my son. So who would have figured? I'm here's a kid that I'm coaching, whose son is playing with my youngest son. You know, well, that it, like I coach his father. You know,
2: and that <laughs> and it exemplifies the reason that that cutout of what you do with your organization should go around the country. I think um, mm-hmm, more of the organizations in the football teams that can actually get a chance to look at that, or be able to be. Even push to your website, a lot of come yeah. out of that. I mean, when you start talking about teaching or coaching generations,
3: you're yeah. really doing
2: a man.
3: Absolutely. Well, we 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 you know we we kind of been there for a long time. I think we've kept the same, um, you know, just the same aspect of what we're all about. Um, it, it hasn't changed. Uh, it's it still stays the same. It, it's so funny that. Um, I had on Facebook, I had an old quote that I had said maybe years, years back. And I thought, like, how real is it? It's still the same right now. You know, it's something I was saying back about 10 years ago. And it was the same quote that that I was saying then. I totally forgot I was saying it back then. And I'm like, I'm still saying that same thing now, you know. So it's so funny that my message has stayed the same. And I didn't realize how much it stayed the same until I seen Facebook sent me a message that, hey, this is what you said 10 years ago, you know, and I said, oh, wow, that's still my same statement.
1: That's good because, you know, uh, we, we talk about this in, in a lot. People mm-hmm. tend to forget when it comes to politics 10 years ago. They forget <laughs> what they said and forget what they did. But, you know, yeah. it's good to have those reminders yeah. because it shows us consistency, you know, because it was just uh, yeah. exactly, you know, what we set out to do, we're still doing. Um, you know, like I, I was, I was going to say this, this kid, you know, the first thing out of his mouth was, is, are you still coaching? Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, yeah. I said, you know what, the first year that I stepped away from, from coaching youth football, he's like, Oh, coach, man, you you shouldn't have done that. You, you you're really good. You know, you're really inspirational. You helped me overcome uh, a lot of, uh, shyness. Um, uh, He was a kid that had a great arm, but he didn't want to play quarterback and kid could throw, he could, you know, he could throw the ball, he could drop it in. And so, you know, I worked with him on the off uh, on the off days, like on Saturdays and whatever. Now on game days, I would work with him. And eventually, I got him to play quarterback. He got the snot knocked out of him a couple of times, but he was he was he was willing to play quarterback and, and give it a try. You so I would have never done that if I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have pushed him. But, but uh, what well, I, I've done I can this tell
3: year, you, I can tell you what you what you said right there is so important. Um, and I always, you know, I, I had the pleasure. I grew up with John Cheney. Uh, I coach coached Temple Basketball, and, you know, he lived around the corner from me. He used to say little things to me, you know, advice <laughs> and things, and I said, so I happened to, um, one time I was, you know, I had coached track for 25 years, and I had a young man come to me um, who had gotten his life together. He became a class valedictorian at college, and I was nice. so impressed, and I didn't know what made him do it, what made him change around and get himself together, and I had no clue. He came to me and told me it was me. And I thought, like, wow, I had no idea that it was me. And he said that I had sat him down at a track meet and kind of got on him and straightened him out. And he said he got his life together because he felt like he needed to change. And um, and um so here I didn't know. He told me word for word what I said. He remembered everything I said, word for word. Yes. And I said, yeah, they are my words, like that. And, and I totally <laughs> blanked that I did it. And I thought, yeah, I did talk to him when I was at Duke University and I'm thinking like, yeah, he did. You know, and I thought like, oh, wow, I totally blanked out about it. But see, where I might have blanked out about it, he remembered. And so when you're speaking to kids, you got to remember that what you're saying to them sometimes resonates to them. Oh, it, and it, and you always got to realize that you may and, and you got to watch never to step on somebody's dreams either. And so yeah, somebody make- still has a dream about something, you got to know what you're doing and what you what you you know how you're saying it and that you want to make sure that you're encouraging and everything like that. And I think you know he let me know that I was very encouraging to him and that I was getting on him because I felt that he could do better that he wasn't doing it. And he he kind of felt the same way and got himself together. You know, but yeah. um, to become a college graduate and with a class salutatorian made me very proud. You know, to, yeah. to the point where I use his story all the time.
1: That, that's that's great. You should actually have that. You should have like a testimony page, and you should be getting some of these testimonies mm-hmm. from your from your, uh, your your students, so that they
3: uh, well. Uh, I do I do have a testimony. I do have a couple of testimonies on there, which I have um, with Troy Vincent, and uh, the vice president of NFL. And okay. we could get, add a few more on there. I think I think we are going to upgrade and add a few more on there.
1: But I was um, say, you, you know, kids. Like those kids that you were just talking about those kids that, uh, mm-hmm. that changed their life with a few you know a few sentences where you, you stopped you took the time to look them in the eyes you, you stopped and took the time yeah. to listen to them and, and then resonate with what you're preaching and that's you know a positive impact it's a positive message that's uh, it's a home run with this show you know mm-hmm. and um, yeah this is this is well, kind of what you go up,
3: to the more if you go to the more section and you go down to the social media part, you can see that um, there's a testimonial there. When a, a national broadcaster, Jeremy Treatman, um, who does a lot of shows, um, broadcasts on ESPN and ABC and other, you know, networks and, and Troy Vincent. And we have other guys that have given me testimony that we'll, we'll add into the site, like Luis and Deossi, uh, who runs the Arizona Cardinals and uh, yeah. other guys that are, are prominent um, in there about, um, you know, what it means to, be with Brett Cooper football and, and what we're all about, and so um, well, it's a, yeah, we we, yeah. we will add more. Um, yeah. The players, I think that we have so many that come out of our program. Um, it's hard to kind of take a player uh, from any right. of the players. There's just so many stories with some of the players there, and so um, you'd be surprised how we hear different stories now. What this is with the football side of the stories, and with the gentleman I told you was a track guy, so that was yeah. one mm-hmm. of our track our track things, and so.
4: A lot of no, times what
3: I've done with the website is that I've made impact with a lot of kids that you don't see on the website because they weren't part of this particular program. They may have been right. part of another program that I was dealing with at the time or another event, so I, I never wanted to cross it where it was crossing over differently. So I, I just kind of left it to uh, when you're seeing what you're seeing out of there, these are strictly the, from the Junior Academic All-Americans and from uh, that kind of program. Uh if I put in the, the high school American kids on the website from the years that we go in high school, I mean, it'd be loaded with all the NFL guys and stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So there's there's plenty of guys that are that are who's who's that have been part of our our, our programs over the year.
1: Yeah, that's you know, like that I, I I've been I've been helping uh quite a few teams here uh in South Florida with this uh it's it's adult amateur football some like to call it semi-pro which makes no sense because nobody's getting paid right yeah. but nonetheless <laughs> uh this is the first year probably in 10 years that i haven't been involved with youth football and and i chose to dedicate this year and probably at least three to five more with this league uh because of the the work that they're doing these owners are all non-profit you know, companies. And they take adults from 18. There's guys in the league that are 52 kickers, whatever. But they try to focus on, or they don't try. They focus on that group of age between 18 and 27, because realistically, those are the kids that have the biggest effect in the communities that aren't going to school. Those are the kids that may have had uh, a, a high school diploma or not, but yet don't have that future. So, these, this league specifically keeps that college eligibility uh, there, so that we can create another opportunity. Let's let's call it a second chance opportunity for a lot of these kids. I mean, I was yeah. one of those kids that I was married and, and, and left school at 17 to have a family and go to work. So, yeah. there's a lot of those out there wow. nowadays that didn't have that opportunity to to yeah. to go on a scholarship or even go just to pay because they had to go into yeah. the real world. So There's a, a yeah. gentleman that I work with exclusively out of uh, Broward. He's been on this show before uh, and he's uh, owner of the Broward Outlaws and he has literally gotten three kids in his program within the last five years out of playing amateur football, one into D1, one into D2 and one over into the European NFL. Hmm. Wow. One mm-hmm. of those kids was a convicted felon, and got him his high school diploma through a wow. through, uh, through a yeah uh, uh, has to be through a Christian academy has to be through a religious mm-hmm. academy. Convicted of a felony here in the state of Florida, you can actually go back and get a diploma, not a GED. And they registered this kid, took his SATs, Ts and he's in Division One playing college football. Okay. I love it. Wow. It, to me, that's beautiful, says, it's man.
3: That's the amen to that. Old. That's changing the life.
1: That's what I mean. That is you know, changing the life, they man. They that that, that is
3: beautiful because you think that that, that, that kid could have kept following down the wrong path, and that's catching him and being able to turn his direction. You know? Well, he did. And he, you hear. You know, the
1: one was, was a felon, so he did follow a wrong path, but he found, he found the right way to correct it. That's right. And without these right. gentlemen in our community and and providing this service, just think right. like you just think of where our communities would be. D- believe it
3: or not, well, there are that, three. That's, that's, well, that's one of the major reasons why have- football teams
1: in Florida, state of Florida, mm-hmm. adult all amateur football, over 300. That's amazing. Wow. that's right. a huge number. I had no clue. That's
3: a lot. Yeah, and I well, that's one of the reasons why. Um, I had a couple of gentlemen that came to me and you know, hey man, we see what you've been doing and we love what you do and. You know, hey man, can you help us with these high school kids? And I said, I said, yeah, that's no problem. I said, but you're doing it wrong. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, you're trying to get high school kids right after they've been destroyed. What you need <laughs> to do is catch them before they get destroyed. Yeah. You know, I said, you want to catch them ahead of time. So, what you want to yeah. do is be able to get these guys ready coming out of middle school, prepare them for high school so that way they're not walking into high school and then get destroyed and then you have to pull a rabbit out of the hat and try to help them. I said the best thing to do is catch them beforehand, be preventative, and Absolutely. catch them beforehand. So if you feel like, hey, man, we're losing these kids or they're, they're coming to me and they're messed up in their senior year or their junior year, then what we have to do is catch these kids coming in seventh grade, sixth grade, seventh, seventh eighth grade, catching them, yeah. developing them, directing them right, so that when, when they go to school, they know what it, what's at stake, what it counts, and having all the things in the right position so that way they're aware of it and they can make this happen and know that, hey, I can't mess up because this is going to cost me. The worst thing to do is to get to your junior year and senior year and find out that, hey, man, I've been messing up for two years. Now you're way behind eight ball because you've got an accumulative grade and everything's accumulative. And now you got to really do some really soul searching to try to make it out of that situation. You know, So yeah, I, I always I, feel I, like it's better for you to go through that direction and catch them early.
1: Yeah, my my personal experience with a college recruiter talking to me in seventh grade was, why are you here?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I had no
1: direction in seventh grade. I just found out what girls were. I was like, hey, man, that I ain't only, going
2: nowhere. That only happens in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Baseball. Is notorious for yeah, that, no,
1: right I, uh, it was scary. You know, I, had a, I was a basketball. I, you know, I was 6'3 when I was 13. You know, I, I could dunk yes. two volley, volleyballs from the free throw line. You know, my Dr. J wow. was my hero. Imagine. You know, I had Imagine. I had Bobby Knight's recruiter talking to me face to face in seventh grade. You know, wow. And, and of course, I hated Bobby Knight, but if you wanted to play ball and you want again, he was one of those coaches that yeah. you made fear and hate. But yeah. when you came out of his program, you were guaranteed to be a, a basketball. Yeah, player. Make sure there's no chairs around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But so that's uh, okay. I think where you're where you're headed and where you're you're taking this uh, is is a big thing for, I think, all of the football. All of football and all of the other sports as well because it is all based around one thing and that's the first thing that you mentioned when you when you um, start to talk about your principles and the philosophy of your organization, which is that yeah. character. You know, and, yeah. and, you know, that's... I think that's the ultimate um, element that should come out of any sport. I think that's... I know, like in the martial arts, that's the primary reason why their parents send their kids to um, a karate or a kung fu um, class is because of the character and the morality that it brings. I don't know if a whole lot of people see football that way, and you're bringing that to light, um, Brett. Yeah. Because I I, I have to admit, it took me a minute or two. I grew up in the 60s, in the 70s, man. So I'm not. I'm used to going to a game or going to a high school game and this kid is looking to play pro ball forget about college it's all about getting to the pros and then when he doesn't get to the pros he have this big defeat and he has to live with it and at that point that character doesn't kick king like it does today if they have coaches like yourself um and they end up going down the wrong road so um, yeah, yeah we're, and and, and we're that's the- where,
3: and that's why I always say you want to catch them you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, we kind of mentor so many parents and and kids because I always say that when you're dealing with the world of football and you're dealing with the world of sports, that um, when you're talking about the future of your, of your child, um, it's like you don't want to risk it and go the wrong direction. So I always say treat us like a football lawyer or your track lawyer or anything like that where we know the ins and outs of it. We know the traps, we know all the things in there, we know what you need to be doing in order to make yourself in the best situation. You wouldn't want to go into court without knowing having a good lawyer that's gonna tell you what to need what to do so that way you don't slip up and end up giving yourself a forty year sentence. You know, so it's, at the end that, of the, the day you're gonna wanna make data sure data. Right. You wanna make sure that what you do is right. You're not you're not spinning your wheels and doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong yeah. thing or doing going down the wrong path and so um, you can easily be led the wrong way if you don't know any better. And so are you I changing parents? For you.
2: You th- do you think Get you're changing parents? Are you changing parents? Yeah, because I know that. Parents do. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. just. You know, I, I'm assuming yeah. that you are, and, yeah. and 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 that's rolling back in back into the community. Um,
3: yeah, we we are. We, so we change. That's why we we educate the parents. That's why I was saying, like, even with our classroom yeah. settings and stuff, the parents learn this is hard as the kids. And a lot of it goes when you see Pastor Jones talking with the kids that the parents are the ones that come away blown away first before the kids. And so we're, we're, we're excited about how the, you know, the kids are, you know, in a position to, um, you know, get ready to be at the next level. But the parents are the ones that are saying, Hey, you get them on board, then we got a winning combination. You already have the kids. But now you have a chance for the kids to get showcased out in front of the um you know, with the coaches and everything and you get the back end of the parents so if the back, if the kid if the parents are on board with it and they understand then they know what to look out for. It's not like the yeah. kids are on their own yeah
1: every every year even at the youth level you know every year i had to had had to guide parents at some level uh some to mm-hmm. guide them to get them to the next level in high school, you know, their kid was either too good or too heavy to play for us. And we had to get him to the next level. So there, there's always that, uh, and, and single moms, I can't tell you how much time I had to spend talking and actually, you know, educating single moms because they don't know, you know, they're not raised in, you know, in in a man's world and know, you know, the game of football it's very rare and they have to trust you. Right. And then, and they, that's it. If they don't trust you, you're not going to get their kid uh, because again, right. especially the single moms that have only one kid, I, I can't tell you how many conversations I had. Oh, it's my own baby. You know, <laughs> I don't want him to get killed. <laughs> um, no, I, don't, I don't either. Trust me. I don't want your kid killed. I don't want him to be hurt. You know, that's my whole purpose of being here is how to, to avoid that. So, But, but absolutely. Let's take a quick break and uh we'll come back from the break and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we're getting close to wrapping up the show. We'll, uh, we'll let, uh, coach cooper talk about some of his uh, his idols and uh we'll get him we'll get his positive impact i know we talked about this once before and he gave me uh Pastor harry jones Is but he's right? got a pocket full. I, I know can he, imagine does. he does <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back folks do you inspire to be a show host co-host creative producer camera operator ground coverage reporter or a writer in the internet tv or radio business Irresponsible Productions and Consultants LLC is seeking individuals to start in the news and entertainment sports community-based internet TV and radio shows. Looking for all ages and skill levels? This is your opportunity to join in a community-shared vision. Build something from the grassroots, start something great and rewarding. Show ideas include local food reviews and spotlights, local business spotlights and interviews, local government information and community awareness, Local sports spotlights on the different sports, activities, athletes, and interviews. Local health and wellness spotlights on the different groups and activities in the area. Local leadership spotlights and interviews. Local artists spotlights and interviews. If you have an interest in any of these shows or have a show idea of your own and just need help producing it, contact info at irresponsibleproductions.net. That's I-N-F-O at E-A-R, responsibleproductions.net.
0: Florida, it's the Positive Impact Heroes Show, featuring everyday people within our community that make a difference in changing people's lives. And now, your host of the show, James! W and the
1: Daniel. All right, everybody, we're back. Final segment. We got about uh thirteen minutes and some change left. It's gonna go pretty quick, Brett. We want to get to uh, want you to give you a chance to, to shout out to your uh, your entire staff, your coaches, anybody that uh, you want to uh, to uh, publicly thank for uh, their hard work and dedication to the Brett, Fo- Brett Cooper Football Foundation.
3: Uh, we I tell you what, we we have a strong history of a lot of coaches that have been part of our program, and I'd like to thank all of them that helped uh, develop and create and and, and kept the um, the intangibles about Brett Cooper football and what it's all about. And so uh, there's a long list of guys, but some of the notables uh, that you look at it is like guys like Stephen Nesmith out of uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, we had Ray Hardy out of Dallas, Texas, um, mm-hmm. We have guys like Robert Washington, who's a four time state championship coach in the state of North Carolina, uh, who's been a big part of it. We got Gary Graham, who's uh, been the state championship coach out of Hawaii with um, St. Louis High School. Um, we also have uh, greats like Mike Giovando, who's a great quarterback coach out of Arizona, who's been a big part of uh, working with us and working with all the, the college coaches around the country. Um, you look at, um, coach Maurice Walton out of, uh, Bernie, Texas is, is somebody who passion and drive and what he's done with the kids has been impressive. And, you know, I love what he's been a big part of. And, uh, he's been actually, uh, uh very active with the, the community out there in Bernie and giving these kids a chance and operating and helping them and developing them. And so, uh, he shares definitely the Brett Cooper vision, um, and we have Terrence Paul and Brandon Scruggs and Larry Driver and the, the Driver Larry Driver organization out there in, in Houston, Texas has been very big with us. Um, you know, um I don't know if I got a chance to mention uh, uh, Glenn Campbell out of uh Tennessee and the Kentucky area as well. Um but then again on the on the NFL side of it, we've had um you know Aaron Wallace, uh longtime NFL Raiders, um, you know, Tavita Ofenhagu. Who's uh, been a long time uh, Arizona Cardinals? Um, Tavita was the first original Mister Irrelevant, named by John Madden, and uh, he ended up playing about twelve years in the NFL. So uh, you know, you go figure, right? We had Jermaine Williams coaching out there with us from the Raiders and the Jaguars and the Chiefs, and so it, so it was a uh, big Devin Wyman, who was a New England Patriots offensive lineman for a long time and played. And you know we. Had, of course, the most famous David Riley, who people know him as the Duck, um, David Riley, the, the pride of West Virginia, um, played with the Saints, and of course the USFL with me back at the uh, Philadelphia Stars, and and uh, we had uh, Blair Thomas, the uh, New York Jets, and you know Penn State Lower and you know a lot Rich of those But we have a lot Rich of guys Rod. that are a big part of it. So the history of uh, who we have out there has been big and. This year we, we added in another uh, name. It's uh, Jason Simpson, who's the uh, head coach of Tennessee Martin University, and he'll be out there with us. And, um, you know, he'll be out there working with us and his kids playing in the game it, itself. And so uh, we're excited to have Jason out there and being a big part of it. The coach is uh, going to bring some of his great knowledge down there to the bowl game, and we'll mm-hmm. get to pick it and kind of learn a little extra. Um, and so we, we have Jason Martin, and we have uh, – uh, quite a few um you know other guys that are that have been really active with our program over the years and so we're excited with that and and so we're uh, looking forward to continuing this long track and the long run with uh all the guys that have been a big part of our program and we're we're excited and happy and they're always part of the family and uh you know we look forward to that so uh, i think we've had like uh, even some notables like tony banks has been out there with us and we've had um um, we've had uh, Maurice Douglas, who played with the Bears. Uh, I think Maurice played about 12 years with the uh, Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. Um, so he's the world-famous Moe Douglas. And, um, in fact, his son, Moses, is now one of the premier players in the country uh, who was one of our alumni. And Moses is now, um, I mean, I can't even count how many offers he's got, but I think he's a junior this year. And he's got, uh, I mean, he's got about 30 major D1 offers uh, from the likes of like Alabama and, and those kind of major programs. And so we, um, we're we excited about that, and we're looking forward to, you know, having these guys continue to be a part of our program. And they've been with us for a long time. And, and uh, you know, we're, you know, i kind of known those guys uh, going back over the last 12 years. And so, um, you know, we're just looking forward to continuing that and, um, having uh, our the knowledge of these uh, gentlemen, I think uh, we added a gentleman uh, the last couple of years who, who's been active, and uh, I think everybody knows Sherman Williams, um, <laughs> Alabama great, and also played uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. He was kind of the backfield mate with Emmett Smith. Uh, so Sherman will be back out there again this year, and uh, we'll have a few guys that are out there that that will be a part of our bowl week. So we're excited about it, and we're looking forward to having them. Uh, part of our bowl game and our bowl week and an exciting bowl week there. <laughs> we, definitely, uh,
1: we definitely want to thank all those coaches that uh, have dedicated their time to the Brett Cooper football message because, again, uh, Brett Cooper can have a message, but if the team isn't conveying the Brett Cooper message, Brett Cooper doesn't exist. Yeah, that's the leaders. So obviously. And exactly. Brett Cooper's message is getting across because the, the people are, are, are adhering and have bought into the Brett Cooper football system. Uh, I personally haven't seen or heard of anybody else out there doing this. So, again, you know, we want to thank you for everything that you're doing for these kids because, again, it, it is, at the end of the day, about a positive impact. We can cry. We can, we can bitch and complain and moan and groan. But at the end of the day, it's about what are you doing for your community yes. to make it a better place. Because yes. again, talk is yes. We can talk all yes. day long and it don't mean squat not a thing. Yes. until we act yes. on those words. And when we act That's on right. those words, then we become a, a, a mentor in the community, whether we like it or not. And with yes. a mentor being said comes, uh, comes a burden. And that burden is not always uh, what we ask for, but it is part of right. the message that we have to send and get across because uh, without it, there is no message.
3: Rich, you want yeah. to share
2: that, uh, share that website with us again?
3: It, it's www.brettcooperfootball.com. And you spell that with one T, so it's B-R-E-T, cooperfootball.com. Yeah. com.
1: Excellent. And and the week of the, the bowl starts, uh, What what's the first day of the, the festivities?
3: Yeah, we're going to start the morning of the 27th of December, and we're going to go up through New Year's Eve. It's going to be one jam-packed week, of one fun thing after another, and events and things that we have going on. So it's, it's really a crowded week. I think the kids are going to be exhausted, but they're going to have a big smile on their face at the end of the week. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to have the – Whole game is going to be new year's eve so we're going to run them on new year's eve and then after the games, that further that night we're going to have the new year's eve party back at the hotel so the kids are going to be able to unwind and have fun and, and get out there and cut loose and kind of bring in the new year's um after the whole day so it's going to be something it's the first year we actually did the game and then the new year's eve party right after it so uh this will be a little different but we're looking forward to uh making it um, something new and different and intriguing this year.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm not going to be able to get there this year, but I am going to put it on my calendar for next year. And I'm going to try to make every attempt to get out there because I would love to set up every night in a room and just have coach after coach after coach and player after player come week long and just do interviews with them and talk about Brett Cooper football. (laughs) <laughs>
3: Let me tell you something we can fill your schedule with that. We got plenty of guys that would be happy I know you to could. Be a part of it. <laughs> That's precisely what we've we talked have, about. We have, a, we have a lot of coaches happen. out there. Yeah, we we uh we have a it's 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 something else down there. I tell you what, it you got have to come down. It it's it's an experience that kind of uh wows, you know, for those that come down for the first time everybody pretty much gets wowed because they've never seen anything like it. And I tell them, I says, this isn't like anything you've ever seen before. This is totally different. So you're going to about to see some things and hear some things that are going to shock you because you're going to, for the first time, you're going to be in a whole other world and it's going to change your life. It will change the That's- way you think and it change the way you're going to do things for the rest of your life. Good. You know? And we, it. we have no problem being the, the jump off to getting them to that point and, and, uh, and get them a chance to, to learn the next the wave of it. So, um, but, uh, yeah, we, we got college coaches that call us up and say, make sure you, 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 we get your the, the information from your players because we want exactly. to see who you got out there.
1: Well, like I said, we won't be there this year, but I can I can almost guarantee we'll be there next year. So yeah. we'll count on that. Um, all right, we're at that time of the show. We got about three and a half minutes left. Brett, we want to get to your heroes, your childhood heroes, your teenage heroes, and your adult heroes. Real briefly, Give us, give us a sense of who you idolized and who you emulated to become Brett Cooper that we know that we just talked about, believe it or not, for two hours. Uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't a narcissistic conversation. It is a positive impact conversation because it's about what you're doing in the community. Give us, yeah. give, give, give the community, give the, give the folks an idea of your, your true well, grassroots. heroes
3: Well, I think it developed from just, um, uh multiple um role models from my neighborhood that I grew up with uh, multiple people who have told me different things and taught me different things about life um and about uh, making a difference and sometimes I've seen very impact in making a difference with uh with kids and even with people like myself that um that changed the direction of my life and and I had guys that were um you know they just did little things that said hey they would lecture me about certain things or they did little things for me when I was a kid growing up. And I was thinking like, wow, that's great. You know, I like to be that kind of guy when I grow up. And so, um, you know, I had guys that were in my neighborhood. Uh, We had a guy, Sam LeCoin, who was a great mentor, uh, used to teach me about a lot of different things. We had another guy, uh, Chuck Thompson, who was a very good guy and used to teach us a lot of different stuff and uh, but then, you know, the ultimate thing is that I had a, some great coaches in my life. Uh, my high school coach was a brilliant coach. Um, you know, uh, he was somebody who used to give you wisdom points, and you didn't even know it, it used to hit you. You kind of walked away, and it hit you. It was like those little time bombs. And, um, you know, we, I had a, a great set of coaches at my high school that used to say little things and teach us little things about life. and how you did things, and sometimes you felt like, you almost felt like you were their son, the way they would speak to you. Right. And so um, I had a, 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 a head coach, which was Al Angelo, who was a great coach. Um, he mentored so many, not just myself, but so many others that used to tell me their story and in interactions. Uh, and, you know, you would be surprised. It's like, wow, he was so, his wisdom was so strong on so many areas. And then we had another guy named uh, Ron Halley, that also used to come from a whole different approach, and his wisdom and things that he used to say also shapes the directions of you know some of the things you you would never think of it would just crossing your mind and say wow so this is the answer to this or, you know so it was some of the things that you look at and you think um, how many people who have crossed in your in your life that um, you get you pick little tidbits off of and you figure that. You know, what is the meaning and purpose in your life at the end of the day is to make an impact out there. And so at the end of the day, when, when God calls your name and asks you to check in, uh, what is going to be your your impact on this world? You know, what would you be? Would you be somebody who just passed through or would you be somebody who made an impact? Would you be somebody who made a dent um, and changed lives and, and, and helped fix lives and, and, and now have um, some kind of meaning and purpose to your life? And so when you look at those big pictures of of what your purpose is, um, it makes you think, you know, you want to be able to be somebody that made a difference and and made an impact. And so there's those out there who make those impacts, and you got to think, are you one of them? Are you one that's going to be somebody that makes an impact? And so that's the challenge that you have, and that's something that, that, you know, if you follow up on, um, that sometimes the doors open up for you, you know because you you 're showing that you 're doing good things and you want to make a difference out there, and people want to support that
1: well, coach, you have definitely met our expectations, you are definitely a positive impact <laughs> hero uh you, you may be number fifteen, but you 're still you 're still a number one in our <laughs> book We have to give numbers to everybody, but it 's just a sequence that's it doesn 't mean that you 're number fifteen of our but I, I can, I can, I can tell you, uh, uh, from a personal sense, uh, what you do touches my heart because, uh, you know, like I said, I'm out there trying to make a difference just like, just like, uh, just like yourself, maybe not in the same, okay. same context, but it's the same manner. It's the same direction. It's Amen. the same focus. And, uh, without, without people like us in the community, you can only imagine
2: how, how, how bad it's going to be out there. So. And you, and you know, yeah. one more thing, um, Brett, that, uh with all of that we've done over the last two hours and talking about football, we realize the fact that you guys are doing a fantastic job when you're talking about 73 to 80 percent of the kids getting their degrees on top of it. Yeah,
3: that says yeah. it all. That says it all. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> hey, listen, I thank you guys for having me on, man. This has been a pleasure. Uh, I look forward, anytime you guys need me to come back on, I'm willing to, to come back there happily, and uh, thank you very much, and, you know, this has been brilliant, I love the talk show, I love the, what you guys are doing, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, following back up with you guys and doing some more. Yeah,
1: well, let's uh, let's plan on a show after the first of the year, after you get through that, uh, we'll give you a month or so break, a uh, little vacation, yeah. I know it's probably not going to be much of a vacation, but... Uh, you <laughs> And uh, we'll do a follow up. We'll right. do a follow up. We wanna, I'll get some pictures from you over the over the course of yes. the, you know, over the month uh, after the game, and yes. uh, we'll we'll do another follow up show, and maybe we can bring on a couple couple uh, guests, maybe a player yes. or two, and a couple of your coaches at that time. Mm-hmm. How's that sound?
3: A- absolutely. I think I'll, I'll bring in a few coaches and maybe some a couple NFL guys.
1: Yeah, that sounds great, <laughs> okay, Brett, you have a great week. Uh, uh, you give everybody our love and you give them our best, and uh, we will talk at you, sir sir. Have a great holiday and, and a great uh, bowl week. You too, as well. Thanks, now. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Have a good night, Brett. Good night. night. All, right. All right. That wraps it up for us, folks. Positive Impact Heroes number 15. Brett Cooper was our guest in our brand new office tonight uh, here in downtown Homestead, Florida. Uh, right on Chrome Avenue. Can't miss us. Uh, we're uh, right across the street from the Seminole Theater.
2: Adjacent to the.
1: Adjacent to the brand-new police station across there. And on uh, the same building as our good friend El Toro Taco. That's right. uh, El Toro Taco, if you haven't been there, they some great food. So get yourself over there and get some. We'll see you next time. Uh, Positive Impact Hero, Positive Impact Radio, and Irresponsible Productions. We're out. And we're loving it. Good night, Daniel.
2: Yes, sir.